Hello, uh, and welcome to episode uh, seven of the Mythlosophy podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed episode six with Ed. Um, yeah, he's just got a beautiful, beautiful mind, and uh, yeah, he's a lovely human being. So, thank you very much for agreeing to do it. If you're watching this, and also I suppose I should make a big shout out and say thank you for helping me with all this like technical. He's been helping me quite a lot with this technical um, stuff and like allowing me to yeah know which is the right thing to buy for the um for the for the podcast trip to reduce weight and what's the most powerful so um i appreciate uh yeah your time in answering my messages much appreciated mate um yeah this is this is episode seven um i suppose you might say it's a it, it's a first uh for the podcast uh because i'm i'm interviewing or chatting with two people uh which is really cool um recent aerial I met Reese, uh, I think about eight years ago in, in Vietnam while I was traveling. Um, and we've remained friends ever since. Uh, we've, we've, yeah, met each other around the world in various places. Um, and yeah, he's, 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 uh, yeah, he, he, he very kindly, um, came down to Froome to stay for a few days with his lovely partner, Ariel. I went on lovely walks and had good chats. And then, yeah, we managed to sneak in a cheeky little, little, little podcast. So, um, so yeah, I uh, yeah, it's, it's, they're just I was I was I was watching it back, and I I just kept thinking that you know they're just they're just immensely witty and immensely funny, and they 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 just they just know their stuff in their field. Um, Reese is a kind of kind of creative person, um, yeah, on on sets doing various films regarding um, various things, including film, camera. Um, you know, work. He's, so yeah, we, we we talk about that. And Ariel is, in her own right, uh, a poet, um, and she's done some amazing, amazing things, which you'll, you know, come to see uh, throughout the chat. So yeah, we talk loosely around those kind of topics. Um, I just I I went this week um, cycling in London, and it was really quiet and really lovely. Um, so I don't know if you. Yeah, if you're if, if you're in London or if you're on a bike or if you're in any major city around the world, you know, just get out and experience it, not in its full madness, because it was it had a very European, a very beautiful feel to it. So, yeah, that was something that I noticed this week. Um, and I also watched a couple of um, of uh, well, a documentary called Crip Camp, which is on Netflix. Which um, yeah, I won't I won't kind of spoil the thing for you, but there was basically just a bunch of disabled people back in the '60s that set up this like camp. Um, and in in America, and they just went on to fight for disabled people's rights, and it was all what they basically learned at this kind of disabled um, disabled camp they went for the summer, run by a bunch of hippies, all good people. Um, so yeah, that was an amazing, amazing documentary, and I, I could highly recommend watching it on Netflix. So that's um, Crip Camp. Um, and I suppose you know this 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 podcast, you know. It's it's a it's a kind of mixture of, of of myth and philosophy. That's the kind of mix of the names, and uh, I've I've had, I've had a couple of people um, get quite like hooked on the whole philosophy thing and the fact that it's in there. Um, so I was I was having a meal um, this this week, uh, that very same day that I was cycling in London, and I was having a meal with my old sociology teacher from school, who actually has a philosophy degree, and uh, he said something really interesting. And I'll I'll like throw this question to you so you can ponder it. But when you when you wish someone lots of love, does that dilute or take away from actual love? So when you wish someone lots of love, does it actually dilute or 
completely go away from the essence of what love is. So yeah, have a little think, ponder on that and see what you think. I'd be interested to hear your views on that because we had a, a long discussion about that. Yeah. Um, enjoy the podcast. Thank you very much. I spent years thinking about religion And I was filled with pessimism Of the countless bad decisions And the pointless faction schisms Well I won't say don't have beliefs But don't you trust them to a priest what I think is all I own What I own is mine alone And I remember warm sunny days Washed away with rain By the wars we've won But like the spider comes up the spout I'm just hoping it all works out All good, all good Okay Rocking and rolling, ready How are my... Oh, my levels are fine Grand Yeah, right. sound good I think, I think I've worked out if this... There's something about this thing If this goes red, that means like... Peaking Yeah That's when yeah. you get the, the, the distortion Ah, yes. I'm learning about these technical things. They're not, you know, I'm just very early days. They're not very intuitive. No. You want to leave it about 20% below when it goes red. Uh huh. It's called headroom. Oh. Just in case I get louder. Awesome. There's enough headroom there. I saw yeah, that. excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was this um, sound engineer that I learned from that used to use Black Dog. Okay. You know, they're like, hey, hey, mama, see the way you move. Um, to, for all of the artists that were sound checking, because you just can't say it. You have to kind of like put something behind it. Okay. You know, check his levels from that. Okay. And this this is known from your... Oh, Jesus. Careful that. This is, uh, this is known because you are a creative sort, aren't you? Yeah. One of those creative beans. What yeah. do you do in the creative world? Well, I'm, I'm kind of more unsorted. I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> unsorted or unsorted. <laughs> definitely, definitely unsorted. I do uh, sound and uh, vision mostly, so uh, audio engineering, uh, as well as photography, uh, videography, and writing for these. Writing for music, writing uh, TV uh, ads. Commercials, those kind of things. What do you, what do you most enjoy? Which one? Which one? Which avenue of expression is your is your preferred? I think at the moment it's definitely changed in stages throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm very quiet. <laughs> um, I can talk up though; it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's changed throughout my life, but at the moment I'm really loving being on set. Mm. Uh, 
just being part of a big team uh, painting a picture together is a pretty wild. Keeps you on your toes. Mm. What is that like being on being on set and being yeah amongst creative yeah creative people? Because yeah, it's it's just something that I've I've never done. So I'm just I'm just intrigued as to what it's like being yeah. Uh, it's mayhem, <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, it's a real uh, it's a real pressure cooker for personalities. You can really get a good sense of someone very early into a shoot of how they handle stress because everything will go wrong Mm. um, and you all have to react to that. So I can't remember the, uh, the author, but uh, someone famously said, it's like painting a picture with an army. Um, And that's pretty close (laughs) to to how it feels on set is uh, you've got so many delineated roles and positions but you're all trying to uh make one picture mm. happen so you know the director is pretty much just working with the actors and then the dop is focusing on getting the right shots what's the dop uh sorry director of photography fabulous uh so the kind of like cinematography of it is normally the work of the dop mm. and the director but like on the day the dop okay will handle most of that with their uh, their gaffer, which is uh, the person that's responsible for lighting, because uh, without lights you don't have a picture. The gaffer, the gaffer. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I was I was thinking about football being manager, but but gaffer actually means oh, like really? lighting. Well, it's like slang term in. Oh, in interesting. The UK. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because gaff in Irish slang is slang for house. So. Yeah. Right. But you can have a house without light, though. <laughs> You can. Every Earth Day. Every Earth Day. Interesting. Okay. So so the 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 gaffer is a, a main kind of part of the of the production. Yeah, it's just it's it's a shame that it's kind of such uh I think from a from a, a, a point of view of someone outside of the industry, the word does not inspire the kind of level of work that is required of that person, you know, like I would hear gaffer and I just imagine a boy of 16 with a roll of gaffer tape you know? <laughs> and their jobs just to like tape that down, tape this down. <laughs> and so I was very surprised when I was on set and was like, Oh, oh okay. This, per- <laughs> this person has actually has a, an important job. A very yeah. big role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fabulous. Okay. Um, and what about and you are a poet, spoken yep. word artist. Yeah. How would you um, describe? Uh, I don't know if there's really like one good word for it. Like people like to say, "Oh, you're a slam poet." I'm like, I don't really perform in slams that much anymore because mm. um, a slam is just a competition of poetry, or even just comedians can show up. Like it's just kind of dominated by poets at the moment. Um, but and it was started by poets but it's just like competition where poets show up get judged by five random audience members Mm. uh to sort of make it a level playing field um it's uh like very democratic very anti-academia interesting um it's very well i mean because the guy who started it um 
he was a construction worker who got tired of showing up to open mics where people would just waffle on for 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and by the time everyone who had to go on after them did, there was no audience left for them. So he was like, okay, oh, we have to make the audience engaged and like make it worth them sticking around, limit them to three minutes with a 10 second grace period, let them have at it. And then it just sort of ballooned into this very global thing. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I would say no such thing as a slam poet, but you know, some people would disagree with that. Um, when you when you when you go into these like like a slam poetic event, do you do you already know what what you're going to say, or does it come to you on stage, or? Uh, depends on the person. Okay. I am really really bad at coming up with stuff on okay. the spot, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really good at rearranging words on paper and then okay at memorizing them. Okay. Um. And you don't have to be memorized mm. with, because people will bring up their phones or a piece of paper or whatever. Um, but yeah, is that what is that what you do though? You you memorize the poem in your head and then and then yeah, generally it tends to be a lot more fun because the way I do it, I studied theater as well, mm. and like I grew up with, I wouldn't say a background in dance because I didn't really study it ever. But my family are all from the Caribbean. That was how we interacted at holiday parties or just yeah. at parties in general. Uh, like Reese got a very small taste of it over Christmas okay. <laughs> and New Year's. Um, but yeah, so I was always very comfortable using my body to express myself. And then I tried singing, wasn't good at that. Yeah. Tried acting, wasn't great at that either. Got a whole degree in it, still wasn't good at it. <laughs> um, uh, tried dancing, couldn't really learn choreography that well good at freestyling though mm. good at figuring out my own sort of choreography but learning other people's not so great uh and then i just sort of accidentally stumbled into poetry and i was like oh so i can be on stage writing writing my own stuff reading my own stuff dancing my own stuff this is great <laughs> um and so yeah so i just kind of blended everything into one really fun job <laughs> it's 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 also quite nice to hear that that um like by by the sounds of it you've kind of stumbled and fallen at quite a f like with the dancing you stumble you're like oh, yeah. yeah no i can't really that yeah. fell over a bit and then you get back up again it's quite it's quite yeah it's quite nice to hear <laughs> that hear, hear of like a person who's like just you know stumbling and falling but has actually yeah. along the way found their kind of yeah their passion or their thing because i was always really interested in performing sorry performing of some kind mm. um and i just kind of like kept trying things i was like eh, that's not quite it eh, i'll try this oh no, not quite it either mm. but like the thing the great thing about humanity is we're really good at holding on to little pieces of things even if we like drop the rest of it um so like got a whole four years of like understanding like play structure and analysis Mm. uh for theatrical productions um only thing i really took away from it was like ha huh, creating multiple like emotional like peaks and valleys in a single piece of writing is good yeah, right. like <laughs> um yeah and so like even if you try something and it doesn't really work out the way you wanted it to like you still pick up little things on the way like have a great understanding of lighting and sound because since I wasn't acting, mm. I, they would just kind of shoved me every other place that they could put me. 
It sounds um, like you're your own kind of like mini uh, sort of maestro, your own mini like orchestra person who's like, <laughs> you know, thinking about, oh, that, that'd be quite nice there. That'd be. Yeah. yeah. I was m- much less elegant than that. <laughs> <laughs> much more of a like oh i like this thing oh i like this thing too smush them together real quick and it's kind of cool yeah Yeah. it's very it's it's a it's a well from the sounds of it it's a very courageous thing to do to to have you know gone and done that and been like oh shit i can't really do that well i I can do a little (laughs) bit of that and now i'll go and pop that over there and then i'll go and yeah it's a nice formula i can fake sing really good i can't actually i can fake sing i can't actually sing i can't sing she she recently in uh, in Cork last week brought the house down with her singing uh, Jolene at a Dolly Parton uh, birthday party. Mm. So she really, uh, yeah, she's selling herself short. She can definitely sing. Uh huh. <laughs> and speaking of speaking of Dolly Parton, no, you, do you want to talk about your love for Dolly Parton, <laughs> Reese? That I found out over this past uh, two or three days. <laughs> I uh, some. <laughs> Some loves, you know, last an eternity, and some are a brief, bright spark. And I never heard Dolly Parton apart from Jolene, and then caught a bus with a bunch of Irish poets and Ariel down to Cork for a Dolly Parton birthday party. And then before the Dolly Parton birthday party, we listened to a lot of Dolly Parton videos. And then there was a whole night of Dolly Parton and and performances, and then afterwards we listened to some more Dolly Parton, and then the the next day we watched a documentary on Dolly Parton, and a bit of a movie with Dolly Parton in it. Um, You've had a real Dolly Parton-a-thon, haven't you? And uh, sadly, I think we've broken up since then. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll always remember our time together. That's what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Texas. Dolly Parton never dies. Although you, you you told me some really interesting stuff about Dolly Parton and about how kind of what was what was the what was the thing you told me about her buying the. I'll hand this back to you. Unless you'd like to. No, no, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> in 1967, I want to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dolly Parton uh, was signed onto the Porter Wagoner show, uh, which was the number one syndicated television show in the U.S. It was a country music show. Uh, Porter Wagoner himself was a quite a, an established um, country music artist, um, and he was like the king. And so one of the like the and a lot of these there were a lot of these style shows, but he was like the best one, and. They, it was tradition for them to have a girl singer and their girl, original girl singer left. And so Porter Wagoner approached Dolly Parton, who was, I believe, 21 at the time, wow. uh, and uh, asked her to be the new girl singer. And she was great. Um, people didn't like her at first because she had a very high voice. Um, but then it became like her signature. And she blew completely up. Um, became incredibly famous and well-liked, and people started liking Dolly Parton as an artist more so than they liked her being on the show. And so she, the way she tells it, um, wanted to leave the show and move on and get a new manager and start doing tours on her own as a singular artist and uh, like having more creative control over the kind of things she was recording and the kind of things she was touring. Porter Wagoner was not having it. Mm. Um, So... She wrote 
the song I Will Always Love You, which is, you know, the big famous one. Whitney Houston covered that one famously. Uh, and she went into, stormed into his office, sat down, played it for him, and he was like, all right, you can go. Uh, and she was like, sweet. Uh, and so she left the show um, and continued to, like, her solo career continued to blossom and spread. And Porter Wagner was still a bit salty about the whole thing. So he sued her for a million dollars because, and he wanted everything, like 15% of everything she had done in the past, everything she had right now, and everything, and 15% of her royalties for the future. And she was like, that is dumb. Uh, so she settled out of court. Um, pay, took, him year, took her years to pay him back, but eventually she did. Uh, and that was that in Dolly Parton's head. Um, so years go by. Porter Wagner owes the IRS about 500 grand, which is no small amount of money. Uh, and... Dolly Parton, being the absolute class act she is, get like bu- decides to buy his production company for him so that he can pay off his debts and be okay. And then, after a while, she just gave it back to him. What a lady. Like, Holy shit. Oh, she's incredible. <laughs> and, then, and then you told me that she... There's some um, ah the imagination library. Yeah, so she grew up in like the mountains, like the like backwoods. No one goes there. Appalachia uh, mountains, uh, where there's I think the lowest literacy in the entire country, lowest literacy rates in the country. And so she donates books to children to help with the literacy rates. She was one of seven, right? She was like one of twelve. Mm. <laughs> yeah so the fact that she learned to read living in a like basically one room mountain house in the middle of nowhere is amazing and mm. so she's like you know what everybody else deserves that as well so spread that spread that gift spread that joy it's just yeah. it's just it's just so so like nicely reaffirming or reassuring that somebody with that status and that like legendary cult you know thing just that you know the 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 top of the top basically can actually be so grounded and so like beautiful and humble and yeah just just giving back into where she came from and and, and yeah, yeah the situation just a genuinely good person really mm, yeah all hail dolly all hail dolly all hail dolly all hail dolly how was That's ireland right. <laughs> how was ireland because you because you've just so you you've just recently both come from Houston. Houston, Texas. Yes. Which is where you're originally from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you made a stop in Ireland. Ireland. Definitely. Ireland. Yeah. Um, so fun fact for anyone who's trying to travel across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, Dublin is one of the cheapest airports in Europe to fly into from North America. Really? Don't know why that is, but that's the case. And mm. yeah, so when we were... Trying to find cheap flights to America so that I could see my family for Christmas and everything and bring Reese around and so he can bond with everybody. And he did a great job. Well done, Um, well done, well done. uh, Found flights through Dublin. (coughs) Found flights through Dublin and my best friend lived in Dublin a few years ago and so I messaged her and she put me in touch with the lovely Lewis Kenny who brought us to the home of Neve and Quiva who are By the way, do you want to just spell those names for me? Oh, Neve is spelled N-I-A-M-H 
And Quiva is C-A-O-I-M-H-E. Of course it is. Quite clearly Quiva. Fantastic language. <laughs> it just doesn't Produced make any sense. Some of the most charming accents in the entire world. Yeah. Oh God, yes. Everyone we met was <laughs> lovely, mm. delightful, just just fun to be around. Yeah, right. Every single person we met in Ireland, uh, both times we've been there, it's uh, it's a rare treat. Mm. Yeah. You were saying you felt you felt something uh, in Ireland. Uh, you felt there was some sort of essence of something. It just feels a bit haunted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. All those Gaelic people hanging around with their ghosts and the. I just like. I mean, you listen to any Irish trad or ballad, and it's it's miserable death upon miserable death, <laughs> and uh, it's hard to not get a a sense that maybe the city is holding a grudge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when the people who live in the city can point out the places that people died such miserable deaths, and you're like, oh, it's not just a song. Oh, that's real life. Oh, dear. He was hung over here because he tried to help the people instead of the Irish, uh, instead of the English. You know, know, he like. Don't worry about the blue sky and the sunshine. (laughs) Anyway, over there, Jack O'Connell was fucking shot in the head because he farted the wrong way, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. there's a lot of uh, negative feelings towards the uh, the tan. Oh, indeed, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I I I told you when when we went over there to play when I was like 14, we went over to play Gaelic football. Yeah. Uh, so a team from London went over to play Gaelic football, and we went over to Cork, and um, yeah, we got a, a frosty reception. It's fair to say, a salty reception, you might even say. And then we actually beat them at their game three in a row, and it was just you you could just see it was just. God, if, if they could have hung us there and then they would have done it, you know, to go over there to their land and beat them at their game. So what you're saying is it's fair that they don't like the English. Absolutely. Then I'm biased though because I'm half Irish, so, you know, uh, kind of kind of got both edges of the Do you ever guillotine. Are you feuding within yourself? No, happily rejoicing because my dad has always said to me, he's like, Ryan, don't forget you're Irish. Now we've left the EU. I am remembering, all of a sudden, I'm really remembering <laughs> I remember I'm Irish. I mean, you're calling Brexit like it's done. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but hopefully, you know, someone will pick that up and just go, no, no, we almost left. Yeah, almost. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, there there is still a chance we may not leave. And then we gave Northern Ireland back. (laughs) (laughs) The dream. (laughs) And Australia. And Australia. (laughs) And Australia. Tell us about that lovely land growing up in Australia and Tassie. Beautiful, uh, incredible place. One of the best places on the world in the world. Um, never ever go there. Uh, don't uh, don't talk about it. Don't visit it. It's like Fight Club, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just one of the best, most magical places you could ever go. Mm. Um, and people are finding out, and we've got a rental crisis. Ah, right. <laughs> so okay. It all just smells like an. If you're listening, sewer. don't tell your friends. <laughs> just, just like you know, keep it to yourselves. Really, that little nugget. Yeah. So, part of the reason there's a rental crisis is because a lot of people who are used to paying like Melbourne or Sydney prices for real oh, estate wow. or London, <laughs> to be fair, um, uh, bought up a lot of very cheap housing and then turned them all into Airbnbs instead of renting them out to people who actually lived oh. there because they would make more money that way. Right. So if you go down to Tassie. 
if you do, don't. But if you do, try not to get an Airbnb and don't support that shit. Yes. The uh, the pickled frog backpackers in Hobart, I can attest to uh, as great people. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the rooms aren't great. But <laughs> <laughs> the people are lovely. The people are lovely. <laughs> you know? And it's just a bed. It's a mattress. It's yeah. That's a... I mean, t- to be fair, uh, I don't know if you remember it because we we met on on the uh, the, the cultural um, oh, one of the world heritage sites, the world heritage sites, yeah. which we turned into a booze cruise um, on a on an island. Yeah. So, how do you feel about that as a <laughs> as a moment in your past? I mean, I wouldn't be if I didn't if that didn't happen, we wouldn't be sitting having this conversation, would we? So, no. I'm unashamedly. Not ashamed. Good. I think. Good. I mean, pictures and stories would say different. Uh, and and the main reason I say that is because I, I don't know if you remember, but one night there was so they there was it was a bamboo hut we were staying in. Yes. And there was a there was like a mattress or or a a foam thing that was like of course um just plopped up along some very precarious looking uh yeah bamboo places and it was like don't I mean don't sleep there. And I thought it'd be a good idea to sleep there yeah. because that's what you do when you've had some uh, moonshine Vietnam rum. Yeah, that whole that whole island was an exercise in not doing the smartest thing. Yeah, no, no. Like when they told us, don't flush toilet paper down the toilet or it will flood. Yeah. And then the septic flooded across the floor of the bar, so we all danced on the tables. <laughs> I mean, that that is, yeah, literally just, just please don't do what we say. <laughs> keep hearing random stories that I hadn't heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, they, they said, ladies, which I think is unfair because toilet paper can be used. I don't, I, I don't need to make an equality stance on this. <laughs> Basically, they said, direct quote, ladies, please uh, don't flush toilet paper uh, down the toilet as the, the sewage can't handle it and it will flood and... Uh, there were probably like six six ladies and maybe like twenty dudes. Uh, I'm saying the 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 numbers are there if you want to try. <laughs> the ratios might say uh... <laughs> if you want to count it, but uh, yeah. So somehow the toilet paper got down the toilet and the uh, septic tanks flooded and uh, just washed all the way across the uh, the main space, which was like just this big long uh, dinner table. Under a um, bamboo kind of uh, hut. And uh, that was just absolutely flooded. So instead of, you know, leaving the shit infested, the shit flooded area, you danced on the tables instead? Seemed like a good idea at the time. I mean, I think I'd still do it. (laughs) Like... It was a small island. There was accommodation or one main hangout space. And we were there for another two nights. So, party on. Tables it was. Yeah. The tables it was. Yeah. Is this the... This is the same trip as the mannequins that are still there to this day? <clears throat> That's actually a different trip. That was a year before in Thailand. And... uh this is uh, this is how long bay. Yeah, so this was a year later. Mm. I used to I 
I have a habit ever since I was small of just kind of picking up things that I find on the street that are interesting. Okay. Um, like just random debris of uh, things that people have discarded, you know. Uh, so in, in Thailand, I found two mannequins. The first mannequin was just uh, like a female bust. Uh, so kind of <laughs> neck to hip. Uh, or to high thigh, and then the second mannequin was complete, top and bottom of mm. a of a small child with a cracked face, oh, in Jesus. a in pure white, but for some reason had blonde hair, mm. and um, I hid the small uh full size child mannequin in the doorway of my friend's room at the hostel we were staying, and then the other the 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 female bust we um got a bunch of crepe paper and we just spent a whole day doing arts and crafts at the hostel and Gosh. we just covered it in this like very vibrant kind of uh purples and greens and mm. uh and reds of like little squares of torn crepe paper and uh get gifted it to the hostel and they, they still have it they put uh, Chris, christmas lights on it Gosh. every year yeah sometimes because I, I i still follow them on facebook <laughs> and um, I'll put up a photo and I'll just like sometimes I'll just see it in the background <laughs> I'm like, I remember finding that mannequin oh speaking of uh, speaking of of uh, remembering or, or looking at something and remembering your art yeah you were saying last night about uh, a band a soul band Muscle Shoals. The Muscle Shoals, that's it. The Muscle Shoals Recording Studio House Band. Yeah, that's it. Uh, a bunch of country boys from Alabama uh, that played on some of the greatest uh, records of all time, including Aretha Franklin, uh, I think Mick Jagger, Bob Dylan, um, and a lot of uh, older soul bands mm. went and recorded at Muscle Shoals and... Uh, there's a great documentary about him because uh, these are just like young country kids that could just play. And I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that some of their favorite soul bands were just played by like, a, you know, a 17-year-old white country boy from Alabama yeah, right. <laughs> doing these infamous kind of like bends on the guitar and like those wonderful tones that they got. Is there anything you'd like to... I mean, especially since Alabama has a particularly uh, heinous reputation within the States. Mm. Just for being backwards. Mm. Like, Still? As in, well, well as yeah. In, yeah. Well, I mean, more of the attitudes rather than the like infrastructure, but I mean that too. Um, yeah. Like... Uh, so racist, so famously racist that MLK himself had to go down to Alabama himself uh, in order to um, sort of drum up like uh, black votes because mm. there was a lot of voter suppression going on at mm. the time. Um, people make a lot of jokes at the expense of Alabama. Like Texas, where I'm from, has, I th believe, the, at one point it had the 48th worst literacy rates in the nation and the governor uh said at some, uh maybe it was i don't know it's about 52 isn't it is that right 50 is that 50 yeah oh that's yeah worse. that's real bad um <laughs> <laughs> i 
I think it was the governor. I can't remember exactly who it was, but so, some Texas politician was like, well, at least we're better than Alabama. <laughs> uh, so it, when Texas is making fun of you, it's not a great reputation to have. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it produced some of the greatest session musicians um, in American history. So yeah, there's that. The sun's on my side today. I got a lease of life, I feel okay. Need to call around, get them all out, jump in the car and get on the way. Cause there's love and the strength in numbers. They can try, but they're never gonna run us down. Down. Speakers loud, it's like we're on a come up. Fifth gear, but they're never gonna race us down. I'm alive on a high blue skies. There's nothing better. Hands up, we're on a ride. Hold tight, we're laughing together. Ooh, we light it up and ooh, we can't be stopped. And oh, can't hear us coming. Oh, we take off and keep it running. I'm open, pass around the light Breathe it in and out, bring our gods down Yeah, this is ours for the day and the night Cause there's love and the strength in numbers They can try, but they're never gonna run us Down, down Speakers loud, it's like we're on a come up Fifth gear, but they're never gonna race us Down, down Can't hear us coming home. Oh.